Let's shtag away. All right, today's daf is daf memvav, page 46, in the Hindu Maseches Kedushin, and we pick up at the two dots, three lines from the top of the Amud. We are up to Itmar, and let's remind ourselves the sugya that we are wrapping up here until we get to the Mishnah shortly with Hashem's help is how to handle a situation where if you have a minor girl, a katana, who accepts marriage without her father's agreement. So it's not valid biblically, but the question is how to handle it. We don't want people to think that, you know, if let's say her mother and brother were to marry her off, nothing needs to be done. So we have different opinions what to do in such a scenario. Okay? Now, specifically we said, B'Shem Shmuel, in the name of Shmuel, that if a girl accepts Kedushim without her father's consent, without the father's knowledge, we have to take in the possibility maybe the father's actually happy with it. And therefore, she is going to have to leave with a get. Okay. According to that approach, let's get into it. Itmar, we learned. If a minor accepts Kedushim, a Kitana accepts Kedushim without her father's agreement, either her and her father... <coughs> have the ability to block out the Kedushin, okay? So you have a girl who accepts marriage from an adult fellow. Her father hears about it. The father can say, nuh-uh, nothing doing, and the marriage was never effective in the first place. Okay, so if at the time that the father hears about it, he does not agree, there's no way it's a, uh, there's no way it's a uh, valid marriage, Okay. Now, the girl as well, if she accepts the marriage and then says, nah, change my mind, and this is before her father heard about it, also that's called a back out. Yes, backsees. Okay? So, a, a minor accepts condition. Two ways, says, um, says the Brisa that this whole thing goes up in flames. The whole marriage goes up in flames. Number one is if she bounces out before her father gives agreement. Number two is if the father hears about it and doesn't agree. Her father has the ability to, to knock off the Kedushin, but not her. Once she agrees, she can't be the one to knock off the Kedushin. Let's say the father is the one who refuses the marriage. Now this is given a case where you have a fellow who seduces and has relations with a girl. So the, uh, he has an obligation to marry her. Unless the father refuses. The father refuses, nothing doing, they can't get married. I only know if the father seduces her, they can't get married. He asks me now, I know if she herself is not interested in marrying this guy, that she can refuse it. Anybody could refuse it, whether it's her, whether it's the father. Okay? Now, we're dealing with a katana. We're assuming dealing with a minor. And you see, a katana can refuse a marriage, as well as the father. So why does Rav Asi say the father can refuse the marriage and not her? Here you see clearly a girl could refuse the marriage. Amalu Rav, Rav says, This is not a question. Don't follow something that's backwards. Because we can answer this seemingly challenging question. 
Okay, I'll tell you what happened. The man originally seduced her for relations and had no interest in marriage at all. Okay, so the fact that you have a man who seduces a girl and now the girl is refusing a marriage has nothing, doesn't tell me anything whatsoever about what would be the Allah if the girl originally agreed to a marriage and now wants to refuse whether she could back out. It's a whole different case. Again, our case that we said before, the girl accepted marriage and now wants to refuse it before her father finds out. Ravasi said you can't. We said, oh, but by seduction, you said you could. He says, no, seduction, it wasn't for the sake of marriage. So that's a whole different story. Pita says the Gemara, fine. But if we're dealing with a case where you have a fellow who had relations with a, with a girl, with a minor, and there was no intent on marriage, do I need a Pasuk to tell me that anybody can refuse the marriage? Of course anybody can refuse the marriage. Nothing started here. Again, a, a man seduces a minor and now the Torah obligates him to marry her if her, if her, her family wants. Shkayich. It's no obligation whatsoever. So it's different than any other girl. Any other girl, of course you need everybody's agreement. It's letting me know that let's say you have a fellow who seduces a girl so he's obligated to pay her a uh, a fine, right? A, a knas. And um, if she were, however, to agree that that original relations was for the sake of marriage, maybe he would be able to get out of paying the fine because she's going to say, listen, you know, uh, I'm asking that it was for the sake of marriage. It was to, it was to start me off in marriage. So maybe there's no financial penalty. Says, if that's the halacha, then this that we learned in a, in a Mishnah, if you have a, a Nara Hamuras, I'm not a Naras, I'm sorry, you have a regular Nara who's Mefuta, who's seduced. So he said that the her or her family can obligate him now to marry her. But you still need marriage. It's not like the original intercourse, the original relations is called relations of marriage. Of course not. What happens is he does this and now that creates a new obligation, sets a new obligation to motion, which is go marry her. But it's not connected to the marriage. It's just a, now an, uh, an additional requirement. Now, Vimpita Lashamishas, if, if he originally seduced her for the sake of marriage, Kedushah Lamali, why do I need any new marriage? They already had their initial act of marriage. Remember, one of the ways to acquire a girl is Bibiyah. So it's got to be where the original relations was not the shame kedushin. says No, maybe maybe it means that even though she agreed that the original act of relations was for the sake of marriage, her father wasn't aware of that. The father never agreed, and therefore she still needs the, the original bia. The original relations cannot function as erisin. Cannot function as stage one of marriage. Only the uh, father can can agree to that. And since the original bio was not done with the dots of the father, so there's no, uh, no marriage took place. Okay. Period. End of that Gemara. Here we go. Brand new Mishnah, brand new case. Ha'aymer li'isha. A fella says to a woman, his God she li'i zu. His God she li'i bizu. 
Okay. So we had this case the other day. We quoted this Mishnah. A man walks over to a girl and he says, Marry me with this date. Marry me with this date. And he gives her two dates. First he gives her one date when he says, Marry me with this date. And then he gives her another date and says, Marry me with this date. And she accepts the date. So now we have to know how to handle it. Now here's the deal. Says the Mishnah. If any individual date has financial value, so she's married. She accepted something that had value and she's married Bekesef. There's no question over here. If each individual date does not equal a pruta, She's not married. Okay. So again, what's the case? He walks over to a woman. He says, marry me with this date. The date's worth a half a pruta. Nope, not married. Then he says, marry me with this date. That other date's worth a half a pruta. I, together, it's worth a pruta. Eh, it doesn't matter. He separated two different statements. Each statement didn't give her a financial value. She's not married. Now, what about the other case? Bazoo, bazoo, bazoo. What if he hands her three dates and he says, be married to you with this, this, and this? Then if all three together have the value of a pruta, she's married. The imlav. Let's say all three combined do not add up to a pruta. She's not married. If he gives her three dates. Yeah, he says, all right, sweetie, you're married to me with this date and this date and this date. And as he says this date, she's going, popping it in her mouth. And chewing, and popping it in her mouth, and chewing, and popping it in her mouth, and chewing. So by the time the third date came around, the first one was Dunsky's, the first one was no longer around. So then, uh, in Then you need at least one date to have the value of a pruta, because otherwise, the other dates are no longer there by the time he gave her the later one. She has to have the value of a pruta with her in her hand. At all times. And if she already ate it, it no longer has value. Mantan Eskachi. Eskachi, who's the Tana who holds that if you say, be married to me with this date, be married to me with this date, it's a separation and you can't combine the two dates to have value. Amar Rabba, Rib Shimon, he the Amar, Rib Shimon holds, Achi Yaymer, Shvua, Lechol, Echad, Ve'echad. This was a, uh, also a uh, Mishra that we quoted earlier on, is if... Numerous people have a taina, have a claim against one person, and he says to all five claims, you know, uh, I deny all of it. So is it considered one denial? Is it considered five denials? The difference is going to be how many oaths he would have to, he would have to take. So Rav Shimon says that um, in order to separate, you have to say, I swear by each one. Okay? So over here as well, since they're saying hiskachi bizet, that's considered a division and then the uh, values of the dates do not combine. If he says all three, then if, then if they add up Shavrut together, you're fine. What, what, what case is this going on? Ilya Marisha is going on the first case again where he says, be married to me with this, be married to me with this. So why later on the mission that we talk about where she's eating as, as he's handing it to her. Listen, if he ends her a date and says, be married to me with this date, be married to me with this date, be married to me with this date, she's not married if, those, if each individual date don't add up to a Shafra Pruta. It has nothing to do with her eating it. If each individual one doesn't have value, financial value, she's not married. Right? Again, 
I, it's not a matter whether it's here or not here. I don't care whether she ate it. You need that each individual one needs a Shabbat Bruta. Because like he said, be married with this one. Allah Sefa. So it's got to be, what are, we, what are we saying when we say, Bizu, bizu, bizu. Excuse me. It's going on the Sefa. It's going on the end of the Mishnah when he says, be married with all these. And even if the first date was worth a pruta, it should be it should be a, a marriage. But it's a, it's a loan. Okay? And the problem is that marriage cannot work through a loan if she's eating it. If she's eating it, it should be considered uh, it should be considered a loan for it. And our Mishnah says that, it, that she's eating the dates as he's giving it to her. It's, the Kedushan is not going to be valid unless an individual date had a Shavruta. Says Gemara over here, even if an individual one had a Shavapruta, it shouldn't matter because it should just be a loan because he's still giving it to her. You can't marry a woman alone. It doesn't make any sense, which means that he says this whole mission is very difficult to comprehend. You have a, uh, you have a, uh, the meat, you have the table set, you have everything here, and there's nothing, uh, and, and there's nothing understandable. So how are we going to, uh, how are we going to understand this mission? Answers the Gemara. Rabbi Shmuel, Dami Tavayu, Rabbi Shmuel, Bosei, Laila Marisha, Rizko, in the beginning of the mission, Vlami Baikamar. And this, and um, this that we said, I, if it's going on the Risha, so then why did, why we give a case where she eats it? Even if it's in front of her, it's going to be a question. We're giving a Laimi Bai, which means, Laimi Bai, Menachas, I don't need to give you a case where it's laying in front of her, Di, Koshavapruta, and certainly there, if an individual date, is uh, worth a Shavar Pruta, she's married, if it's not worth Shavar Pruta, she's not married. But even if she eats the dates, since she's getting Hana, she's getting benefit right away. I would say that she's like, hey, I love dates, I'll marry you with dates. That's, why, that's exactly why I'm popping them in my mouth right now uh, as we eat. And therefore she's giving herself over even if each date is less than a Shavar Pruta, than financial value. Therefore the Mishnah lets us know that you need at least one to be worth a Shavar Pruta. I want to explain why. What would, according to this step of the Gemara, it seems that if a girl, if a woman, again, we're dealing with an adult woman here. So if a woman is eating the dates as you give it to her, even if each date is worth less than a Pruta, I would think she's married. Why? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you why. Because what gives things value? If you like it, right? If I'm thirsty, I'll spend more money in the airport to buy a drink than I would somewhere else because that's the only place to get a drink is from these stores. Yes, you'll pay a little more. That gives it value. So over here, as she's eating a date, even if the date is worth a half a pruta, maybe she's saying, yeah, I'll marry you with this date. Not that I'm taking it as a loan, but like to me, this date's, I love dates. I'll pay a pruta for a date. So I would think that she should be married. By her showing, she's so interested in eating all this. Kamash Malan, no. So the Chiddush the, the, the is letting me know that it's not, it's not so. Even though you're right, in general, you could say, what value does something have? It depends on how much people are willing to pay for it. It's, it doesn't matter. You, you have to objectively be able to look at the date and say, this has a pruta value to the world. If it doesn't have pruta value to the world, She's not going to be, it's not going to be considered a, a marriage if she's eating it before the next date comes into her hand. 
Ravami Amar Lailam Asefa really is going on the second part of the Mishnah where he says, Bazu, 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 Umay Achiheba Shavarputa. It means Achiheba Achrayna Shavarputa. It means she's not married unless the, the last one has a Shavarputa because the first two are already eaten. So the last one, when it comes to her hand, has to be worth a Shavarputa. Otherwise, she's not married. Omar Rava, Shmami Nomid Ravami Tlas. We're coming out with Ravami's halacha. From, from Ravami's statement, we're learning up three interesting halachas. Number one is Shmami no Hamakadesh Bemilve in the Megudash. So from here you see Hamakadesh Bemilve, you marry with a loan in the Megudash. If you give a woman a loan and you say, hey, pay me back in a month, but I'm marrying you with this loan, it's not a valid marriage. Because again, we're considering the dates to be loans. Ushmami no Hamakadesh Bemilve Bepruta, Taita Pruta. We also learn out that if you, if you give a woman a loan as well as financial value, her mind is on the Pruta. And therefore, it would be a kosher marriage. Top of Amr Beis, And you also see that Mois Ba'alma, if let's say a man gives a woman financial value, some, anything of value, and it turns out that it's not kosher, not kosher, the marriage isn't kosher, that money goes back to, uh, she's going to be obligated to return that money to the fellow. Okay, period, end of that Gemara. New Gemara. Here we go. Imar, we learned. If somebody walks over to his sister and says, Here's a hundred dollars, be married to me. Rav Amar Mois Chayzim, she has to give the money back. Shmuel Amar Mois Matana, she could keep it, even if he wants the money back. You hear this? A, man, a brother says to the sister, I'm marrying you with this hundred bucks. She takes the hundred bucks. They're not married. It's impossible. Rav says the money goes, goes back because the kedushin is not valid. That's why. So if it's not valid, give the money back. So why did he give her the money? He's depositing it by her. He wants her to keep an eye on it. That's why. Says Gemara, well, if his das was that it should be a, a uh, deposit, why didn't he say that? Why is he saying, oh, be married to me? What do you mean? He should say, please hold on to this hundred dollars, my dear sister. I'll come back for it shortly. Savarla Mikabla says, um, maybe she's not going to be willing to watch his money. So he tries pulling a shtick. He says, be married to you with this money. And she's going to be left so shocked. What in the world is my brother talking about? That she'll be left standing holding the money. In the meantime, he left and she's responsible to watch it. Yeah, if he just says, watch this, she'll say no. Go away. <laughs> if he says, you're married to me. Like, what are you talking about? So that's his way of getting her to hold the money. Shmuel says no. If a brother walks over to a sister and says, here's $100 for marriage, she can keep it. You know why? It's a gift. Because everybody knows Kedushin does not take hold if you try marrying your sister. And therefore, and therefore, why is he doing that? He's giving her a gift. Why is he just give her a $100 gift? Yeah, it's embarrassing. People don't like taking gifts. She's so like, yeah, pretend like it's marriage. You're just like, meh, don't worry about it. Ravina, Ravina's challenging question. If somebody separates challah from his flour, now that's too early. You're supposed to separate challah from your dough. He's separating challah from his flour. Ain't a challah. So it's not challah. Which means 
you're still obligated to separate challah from your dough. Because you haven't done anything, right? You separated flour. So now you're still obligated to separate once you made it dough. The gezel beyond kayin. And if the kayin takes the flour, the kayin is stealing. Because it's not, it's not challah. It's not something you're allowed to take. Says the Gemara, one second. But am I gezel beyond kayin? Why is it considered stealing if the kayin holds on to it? People know you don't separate challah from flour. And therefore he's giving it to the kayin for the sake of a gift. So why does the kayin have to give it back? That's like a nice way of giving a gift. Here, take the challah. Ah, it's not challah? Fine. It's a nice, it's a nice way so that the kayin doesn't feel bad. There is different See here's the problem If we allow the kayin to keep the flower It could come out with a Destruction How, What sort of destruction Could come about Zimnin, Because there are times There are times where the kayin Where the, the kayin has A little less Than five um, Or one and a quarter Kav of flour, okay, he'll have a little less, which uh, is is uh, obligating his dough in hilchas chala. The high, alishle bahati adati, and they're going to add in this flour with the other one and a quarter uh, kav. The kasavar nisakne isase, and he's going to think that he could eat the dough because I didn't have the proper amount. Of flour to separate. And now that I have the proper amount, there's no problem. You know why? Because this dough itself is, this flour itself is from challah. You might come to think that. Now we know it's not, but you might come to add that and think that it's already challah, so now I don't have the required amount that obligates me. Because Tani Nisakni Isasa, he would think that his dough is allowed to be eaten as is. Also, Lamechla Batibla, as going to come out, you now have non kosher, uh, non kosher bread. So that case is going to be different. I have Why would he come to make that mistake? We said people, everybody knows flour is not challah. Says Yedea People know it, but they don't know it. What does that mean? People are aware you don't separate challah from flour. However, what people don't know is the Savar Tamayomai. Why not? Why can't I separate challah from my flour? I'm going to say, you know why you can't do that? Because it's only nice to give the Kohen ready-made dough. Don't bother the Kohen that he has to start making the dough. Eh. No. Really, flour works, I think. But you shouldn't do that to the Kohen. But he says, listen, over here, this, uh, he's willing to uh, you know, remove the Tircha from from the kayin, and we'll say you know maybe the kayin wants his challah as uh, as flour, and that that's what's not clear to the general public. Says the Gemara of Etahave Truma. So why don't we consider the kayin? Let him keep the flour and consider it to be Truma. And we'll make a takana that the kayin is not allowed to eat from the flour. Until he separates challah from a, a different batch and then have this batch in mind. Did we learn to the Mishnah? If somebody takes something that grew from a perforated flower pot for, to a non perforated flower pot, now a perforated flower pot means there's holes and you're obligated in all the laws of the land. 
because it draws its nutrition from the soil of the land. A non-perforated flower pot is not considered soil from the land and it doesn't have the obligation of Truman Meiser of Eretz Yisrael. So if I have a non-perforated flower pot in Eretz Yisrael, there's no holes, I don't have the biblical obligation because it's not considered soil of Eretz Yisrael. So, let's say you separate Truma from a perforated flower pot from a non-perforated flower pot. So that's considered Truma. But you shouldn't eat from it until he already separates Shuma Meiser from another place. But you see that once he separates Shuma Meiser from somewhere else, he can keep the flower. So again, the Gemara is asking over here, why are we obligating, obligating the Kayan to give back the flower? Let him keep the flower. Conditional that he separates Shuma and Meiser, separates Chala from somewhere else. So the Gemara says, betray money tzois, bechad money loy tzois. Okay. Buy perforated flower pots, so the Kayan is, uh, you know, if we tell him to separate Shuma from something else, he'll listen. mana when you're only done with one vessel, so that, like over here, we're only separating flour, and you're not giving him full-fledged dough, so he's not going to follow along in the halacha, he's not going to listen, he'll think that what he has is ready kosher. Or if you want, you could say, that really, the, the kayin, either case, would listen to any decree that we make, but he says, listen, when the uh, Balabayas gives him flour, so the Balabayas is going to think that now his own flour is fit to be, his own dough is fit to be eaten, and he's going to come to eat Teva, which means, you know why the Kayin has to give it back? If he doesn't give it back, the Balabas, the Yisrael is going to think, oh, well, my flour taka was dough. And therefore, he's not going to take off any further challah. To which the Gemara says, what are you saying? You're walking in circles. The guy's not going to think he separated challah. You just told me everybody knows. Dough isn't, uh, I'm sorry. Everybody knows flour isn't challah. So, oh, the coin needs to give it back because he might think flour is challah. No, nobody thinks flour is challah. Says Gemara, day of any day. You're right. People know and they don't know. Like most things in life. Yeah, what does that mean? I know that challah can't be separated from flour. But what I'm not aware of. To solve our time in mind, I think the reason why you can't do that is And so I'll accept upon myself the, if, I'm sorry, the fact that the kayin accepted the flour so he was makabal the tircha and therefore a person would think that that uh, he was ready, Yaitzazayin, he fulfilled his mitzvah of chal. Says Gemara, but the have truma, the yachser, the Why does he need to return the flower? Let it be considered truma, and we'll say that he's got to go back and return and, and separate truma from the dough again. Milaitanan, didn't we learn the Mishnah? Bishenin nakov ala nakov, truma, the yachser, the yachser, the yachser. You go back and you take truma, uh, you have to take truma over here referring to. Chala the second time. There's a difference between one vessel and two vessels. It says the Gemara of Yeah, but this is only true if a person is not going to uh, to follow through. Is it true that in one vessel not going to follow through? But time we learned in the Mishnah, same, same what we said before. Hatayrim kishus. If somebody separates kishuim, separates cucumbers, mara, and it turns out that the cucumbers were very bitter, they were unfit to be eaten, or avatiach. He sets aside a watermelon. The nimsa saruach. And the watermelon that you set aside for truma, 
ends up being saruach. It's spoiled. Truma v'yachzer v'yitra. So whatever you separate, it keeps its status as truma. But you got to separate again. For the kayin, it's something that is, uh, that is edible. Okay? So you see over here that the Chum make a decree will obligate uh, an additional truma separation even though, and, and we're not concerned that people aren't going to listen to them. Says the Gemara, shiny hasam. The case of the ru- ruined uh, vegetables is different. How do I know if I take a set aside a spoiled cucumber or watermelon? Really, I did my mitzvah. How do you know that? It says in the Torah, You shouldn't have a sin when you separate, when you separate truma, which means you, separate, you should separate good truma for the kayan. What do you mean? If it's not truma, why is it called a sin? It says separate good truma so you don't have a sin. That seems to imply if I separate bad truma, bad truma meaning spoiled, it's a sin. Now, it's not a sin if it's not truma. For the fact that I'm saying you're setting aside spoiled truma is truma, but I'm causing calling it a sin this means it's truma. It was valid. So lemaisa, practically speaking, practically speaking, if a person sets aside cucumbers, that's spoiled. Sets aside watermelon, that's shuma, that's spoiled. Is it a valid shuma? Yeah. Why am I doing it again? Because it's an avera to separate spoiled shuma. But it's not a proof from over here that when that the, the fact I need to do it again obligates an additional shuma. Just that the pasuk says you don't do you don't give. Uh, low-level stuff to a cut. Okay, we'll hold it here for today, Best Jam. Tomorrow, nine thirty a.m. We'll pick up on Erev Shabbos and Erev Yom Tif with Amar Rava. Last two words on Daf Memvav Amar Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.